Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeomi again. And today we are going through the book of Hebrews. We have reached chapter 6. We are going to go now to chapter 7. In this chapter 7, Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, was going to start by talking to us about Melchizedek. Let's read. And as we read, I will stop to give some comment or refer to some other Bible verses as the Lord leads. Hebrews chapter 7 For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessing, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness. That is the word Melchizedek means king of righteousness and after that also king of Salem which is king of peace and he was going to describe to us what apostle Paul knew about this Melchizedek verse he said he was talking about Melchizedek that he was without father without mother without descent having neither beginning of days nor end of life but made like unto the son of God abided a priest continually now, we, we couldn't find any, any trace of our Apostle Paul got this inside that we can just say a revelation because he said this Melchizedek was without father. Now, we can go back and look at the story in the book of Genesis when Melchizedek appeared to Abraham and that was the only place in the Old Testament where, or the, the place where in the Old Testament it was reported that this priest of God appeared to Abraham after the slaughter of the kings that came against Sodom and Gomorrah. So you can see Abraham actually delivered Sodom and Gomorrah originally from being taken away by war. Then after that, after a while they were, the old Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of their sin. Maybe they, they, they went to thinking God will always deliver them or they allow the devil to take over. Now that you see in the book of Genesis chapter 14 when these five kings came against four kings, Sodom and Gomorrah, the kings of Sodom and king of Gomorrah and the only reason why Abraham went after this war took place between the, the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah and the kings that came against them and they took all the people captives and took them away. The reason why Abraham went after them was because Lot, the nephew of Abraham, was captured with the because he was living very close to Sodom. According to the when he separated from Abraham, he was living more like outskirts of Sodom because he has a lot of cattle also. However, when the war came, those soldiers don't know who is in the outskirts. They just took all of them away. And so the Lot and his family and all the cattle were taken away. And, and one of the servants of uh, Lot escaped and ran to Abraham, who was living far, a little bit far away, and told him what has happened. And Abraham gathered his servants, and these are about 300 servants. So Abraham was like the head of a, of a village, if you can call it that way, a village, because he has servants, about 300 of them. He's a trained in his own house. And he got some of his friends that are also heads of villages or heads of towns 
And he said, let's go after these people. They are taking my nephew. So they came, they went after them. You see that in the book of Genesis chapter 14. From verse 12 is where the the story of Lot came into play. And verse 30 said, and there came one that had escaped, that is of the servants of Lot, told Abraham the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshko, the brother of Anna. And these were confederate with Abraham. When Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he harmed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, 318 servants. And he pursued them unto Dan. So he, they pursued this army. And you remember this army, they thought they have won. They are now going home rejoicing. And it's a long trip for them to. They are there. So they, are, they were not expecting anybody to come behind and attack them. So Abraham went and did what he called guerrilla warfare. They call it guerrilla warfare in this generation because they just hide and waited till this army was maybe they were drunk and they you know and all the things they are spoiled, they are taken. And they were just uh, enjoying themselves in the party and, and, and this Abraham and his friends and servants, they waited. Maybe these people were sleeping and then they sneaked in and killed most of their soldiers. And that's what you see in verse in chapter 14. Verse 15 said, That's Abraham, and he divided himself against them, he and his servants, by night. You see, they went by night, they waited till it's night time when those soldiers were sleeping. They never thought any enemy is coming because they just went and which one they have won the battle and they are going home. And Abraham and his friends and his servants smote them and pursued them unto Obasis. So people woke up and started running when they saw something is happening. But they kept pursuing them and slaughtering them down, which, which is on the left hand of Damascus. So these people are running north towards uh, Damascus. Verse 16. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. So Abraham took back everything that this this uh, army took away and it's going to be more because they they didn't just fight Sodom and Gomorrah they have been waging war against other towns and winning and carrying the goods and then came to Sodom and Gomorrah and won and carried the goods and the servants and the slaves and they were going so they thought they are they are done for the for the day for the season but Abraham came secretly in the night and slaughtered many of them and took all the goods and the rest of the soldiers fled and they pursued them until they eliminate them. And that was what was happening. And then this is where Mekisel appeared in verse 17 and 18. He said, and the king of Sodom, he said, or the king of Sodom, they escaped, you know, when the war, when they saw that they have lost the war, they ran to the jungle. So only those who are not able to run are the ones that are taking captives and the women and so on and so forth. And so when the king of Sodom saw that these people are coming back and the fathers of other soldiers, that's when they saw Abraham has gone to rescue them. So the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Kedolaoma and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Shafi, which is the king's day. And verse 18 is where we are going. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine and he was the priest of the Most High God. Now that was the first time the in fact, the only time where we heard about this priest called Melchizedek appeared before 
in the Old Testament. And verse 9 says, And he blessed him, he blessed Abraham, and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God. Now, which means he knew Abraham was worshipping the Most High God. All the other kings are worshipping idols. But he, 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 he said, Blessed. So that's why we know that this must be a, a mysterious person. He knew Abraham. Nobody, no record that Abraham had been visiting this man or this priest all along. Nobody have any record of that. And Abraham was which always worshipped God by sacrificing on the altar that he built by himself. So for this person to suddenly appear and they call him Melchizedek King of Salem, that means Abraham heard about him or knew about him or he just appeared and the past was a mysterious figure. That was what we know here. And he said, he blessed Abraham, said, blessed be Abraham of the Most High God. So he knew Abraham was worshipper of God Almighty, the Most High God. And not too many people are worshipping the Most High God. The others are worshipping some images, some idols, their own cities and so on. And he said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. So he, Abraham recognized him right away that they are worshipping the same God. And, he blessed, and blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered thy enemies into thy hand. And the Bible said, And he, Abraham, gave him tithes of all. So Abraham knew what to do, so he gave the priest tithes. And then the rest of the story you can read the see. That was the place where Melchizedek was mentioned. Uh, except that in the book of Samuel say, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, talking about the Messiah. So now Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrew, was giving us some revelation in, in verse 3 of chapter 7 that this Melchizedek was without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. So we can say it looked like God just manifested as a priest. But made like unto the Son of God, abided a priest continually. So the only thing we can conclude from that Bible verse alone, believing that that was a revelation given to Apostle Paul who wrote this book, is that this Melchizedek must have been God just manifested in form of a priest. Why? Because he said he was half no beginning of days. The only one that we know has no beginning of days and no descent but God Almighty who created all things. And he said he had no end of life, so like a little trace of his genealogy. I actually tried to look into the scripture and said, where is this word Melchizedek? What does it mean? And say it, it means king of righteousness. When you look back into the Bible, you see Sedek. Sedek is, is, a, is a language. Melchizedek. In the Bible, in the in the in the among the Jebusites, they call it Adoni Sedek. So that is another name for another, another ruler in uh, among the Jebusites, Adoni Sedek. So that Sedek is more like a, 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 a what do you call it? A, 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 a pretext or subset of a word of a name, almost like a, the the last part of a name that's many a king. The king of the place. So, Sedek may be the name, the language, meaning a king in that particular tribe, that particular language. So, he called him king of righteousness because he's a Melchi, Sedek. King of righteousness, Melchi, Melchi, righteousness, Sedek, king of righteousness. Now, he was also said to come from Salem. Salem was the word, Salem means peace. So, he called him, say he's the king of peace. So, that's what the verse 2 was saying to us that. By interpretation, that Melchizedek means king of righteousness, and also he called himself a king of Salem, which means he actually called himself king of peace. 
and now he gave us the tapun that this this man was without father, without mother. So that can only be eternal person also. Without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. So we can also say that must be God manifested as the king of peace. This is God is actually the king of peace, not so. But made like unto the Son of God abided a priest continually. Now verse 4. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. And verily they that are of the sons of Levi, who received the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law that is of their brethren, though they came out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. So uh, this Apostle Paul is describing the fact that for the for Melchizedek to appear and take tithes from Abraham as the priest of God, and when you come to the story that is in the, among the among the among the Hebrews and Moses wrote that the Levites, which is the Aaronic priests and all the Levites, they were to take tithes from the Israelites because they were appointed as selected to be the priest and the Aaronic priesthood. And he's telling us right now that Abraham actually paid tithe to Melchizedek, and when Aaron and all his seed was still under inside the inside the bosom of Abraham, so they also paid tithe to Melchizedek. In a way, that's what he was describing. But seven says, and without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. That is, Melchizedek is better than Abraham. That's why he was blessing Abraham. And now, as he said, an heir. That is in the days of the of Moses, men that die receive tithes. In, in this in this generation also, men and human beings that are receiving tithes from the from the from the believers also. So men that die in the days of an ironic ironic priesthood, they die. That's why they are not allowed to continue after they are dead also. But say they that are dying, they receive tithes before they die also. But there, that is in the days of Abraham. We are talking about Melchizedek. He received them. He received tithe of whom it is witness that he liveth. I mean, we just read verse three that this Melchizedek has no end of life. So he received tithe in uh, the, in, in from Abraham, and he liveth and not, and not die. And as I may say, verse nine says, Levi also received tithe, paid tithe in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. So what is this? This so this uh, Hebrew chapter seven is trying to compare two priesthood, the priesthood of Le of Aaron, and the priesthood of Melchizedek. That Melchizedek received tithe from Abraham, and we said that Melchizedek is a tumble that we don't know the end of his life nor the beginning of his days. So like God manifested in the flesh, is what he was being described. When he said he was without father, without mother. So he was saying there he received tithe from Abraham. And we say he was without end of life. So, but in the days of Moses, the Levites were paying, were receiving tithes, but they were they were they were human beings that died. So those who are dying are receiving tithes, but there are those who that man was said to to still be alive, receive tithes. And the same way about the Lord Jesus Christ is receiving a tithe and is alive forever, is the is the preside peace for us after the other makes it. That's where it's going to conclude in the next few verses. So he was comparing saying verse 11 say, if therefore perfection was if perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was 
was there that any another priest should be after the other Mexican. Let me read that again in verse. Let me say, if therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, because the Jews were trying to say Moses is the, is the thing, also. and if Moses is the thing, they are talking about the Levitical priesthood that Moses set up. Because under that Levitical priesthood, they received the law. See, if, they, if that is where perfection comes from, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek? And not be called after the order of Aaron. The question. So he's trying to make it to see that God called another priest after the order of Melchizedek because he was abolishing the order of Aaron that has been terminated. Verse 12. For the priesthood being changed, you see what I'm saying? He's telling us that the priesthood is being changed from Aaronic priesthood right now to Melchizedek priesthood, where they don't have to be the sons of Aaron. See, for the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. So you can see the the, corre the corollary and the, cor the correlation that this writer was telling us that the priesthood was being changed from the priesthood of Aaron to the priesthood of Melchizedek. According to the plan of God. Then he said there must be the need to change the law also because the law was given under the priesthood of Aaron. The law of Moses was given under the priesthood of Aaron. So there is a change in the law. Pastor said, For he of whom these things are spoken, talking about the Messiah now, pertained to another tribe of which no man gave attendance at the altar. That is, the Lord Jesus Christ was called out of the line of Judah, where there was no mention that a priest would come from there. But for this, for it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses speak nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arises another priest. So that's why God was saying, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. God is calling somebody from a different tribe that is not ironic tribe and making him a priest. And he says, After the order of Melchizedek, basically will be eternal. And so this priest is also going to be eternal. That must not, that must not. Uh, that must not die and be rotting in the grave. That's why he said he live here forever. Verse 16 said, uh, verse 15, and that is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arises another priest who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. The power of an endless life. That's why Christ, when he resurrected, he went back to heaven. Uh, the power of an endless life, he will be a high priest forever for humanity before God. Verse 74 He testified, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 18 For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. I mean, disannulling the old law, the old commandment, and giving a new commandment, which is the law of love that Jesus Christ gave to us because the priesthood has been changed from the Aaronic priesthood to the Melchizedek priesthood where Christ is the high priest and we have been brought in as priests under Christ also you see that in the book of Revelation chapter 5 said the 24 elders were saying that has made us, to, made us unto our God kings and priests Kings and priests, if we is making us unto our God, king and priest, and we are not sons of Aaron, that means we are under the line of Melchizedek. 
and that is being spoken by 24 elders who are not children of Aaron either. So it's talking about the Mechizedek priesthood. For many, it's not going to be every believer. Many will be brought in into that order of Mechizedek. Some are brought up to be priests under Christ. Some will be kings. Some will be, so Mechizedek was a king and a priest. So these people will be king and priest. Because Mechizedek was a king and a priest. But the Lord Jesus has the triple crown. King, priest, and prophet. That's why he was called the great king. The great king of Jerusalem. A king, a priest, and a prophet. That's triple crown. Mechizedek was only said to be a king and a priest. You see? Both king David, in his time, he was a prophet and a king. That's why he was not to go into the temple to be offering incense. There was a king in the days of... Uh, of the Hebrews, he called Usaiah, who exalted himself, he was a king, and he wanted to become priest also, and he was smitten by leprosy for for disobeying, for disagreeing with the priest that confronted him. You see that in the book of uh, in his book of Kings. I'm not going to refer to that right now, but I'll refer to that later. But what we are saying is that God gave some people some in the days of old, they are they are given the anointing to be a prophet and perhaps to be a king or perhaps to be priest. And sometimes they have to. David has the prophetic anointing. That's why he was able to write all these things in the book of Psalms that were prophesying about Messiah. That means he was a prophet. But he also was a king also. But he was not a priest. And some of the other kings after David were given the anointing to be a king. But they are not given the anointing to be a priest. Because the priests are only the ironic line in that generation. Only the sons of Aaron can be priests. But when one of them went, Usaiah went to become proud and went to go and sacrifice incense before God, only the priests are allowed to do that, are commanded to do that. He was, was punished for that. So now the Lord Jesus Christ is the king and the priest and the prophet. And he manifested those three when he was on earth. He was preaching about as a prophet. Remember that? Now he rose into the, into the city, Jerusalem, the last riding into the city on a donkey. And they were hailing him. Blessed be king that coming in the name of the Lord. That's, he came as a king. As a king. Now he went to the temple in that on that day and casting out people from the temple. That means he's taking control of the temple. That's the only the priests are allowed to do that. So the three manifestations that he showed, that was why the whole spiritual war was allowed. And you go and look at that in the book of Matthew chapter 20. I preached about that before. Matthew chapter 27. Let me point to that. How he, how he was marked to be the, the great king when he rode into the city. When he rode into the city and they were hailing him, hey, the king that coming in the name of the Lord. And the Bible said they went, he was riding a donkey, and then he went into the temple of God and started driving out all the People that were that was buying and selling the temple. That means he took over the job of the priest who was in charge of the temple. And that's why they came and said, oh, and they said, Why are you allowing these people to say the son of David? He said, Don't you hear what the Bible says? That out of the mouth of babes as and suckling as that perfected priest. And then the Bible said, the, the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them all. And that was the ordinance that had been written before. 
where they said only the only that where they said only those who can take away the blind and the lame can come into the temple. It was it was ordinance that was proclaimed by the Jebusites to King David. That's the only the blind, only those who can take away the blind and lame. When he, when King David wanted to come against the Jebusites to take over the city, and they sent him an ordinance said it is it is it is prophesied only if you can take away the blind and the lame. That's when you can come to this into this place to, to reign. And King David got the message and he didn't attack the Jebusites. That's a, a different story. But see, that was an ordinance that was that was written down. By the time the Lord walked into the temple and started taking the job of a of a, of a priest, when he sent those people away, all the people that are buying and selling, they said the blind and the lame, that is. The ordinance said only those only somebody that can take away the blind and the lame should be able to come into his place. And he was able to take away the blind and the lame by healing them. And that was mysterious, but uh, you see that in another we talk about that in another in another sub. So that is what we are talking about here. Now let's go back to the book of Hebrews. We're saying in verse. We've gone all the way to verse 15 says, and it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek there arises another priest who is made not after the law of a carnal government, but after the power of an endless life. But testify that a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. See that in Psalm 110, verse 4. For there is verily a disarming of the commandments going before for the weakness of unprofitableness thereof. For the Lord made nothing perfect. But the beginning of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God, and in as much as not without an oath he was made priest. Verse 21. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, Thou the Lord swear and will not repent, thou art a priest forever after the order of Mexico. When you look at the book of Psalm 1, 1 and 10, verse 4, he said the Lord swear. That's the oath is mentioning here. That God Christ is made a priest after the order of Mexico by an oath by God. But the sons of Aaron, there was no oath involved. They just appointed them to be priests because they are from descendants of Aaron. And he said, verse 22 said, By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests, that is the sons of Aaron, were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continued ever as an unchangeable priesthood. This man has an unchangeable priesthood because he continued, because he lived forever. Verse 25. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever lived to make intercession for them. So Christ ever lived to make intercession for us. And is, this book is talking about Christ being our high priest after the other message before God right now in the heaven is making intercession for us. Verse 26, for such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens, who needed not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the peoples. For this he did once when he offered up himself. Christ offered up himself once and for all. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath, which was since the law, that is, was before the law, maketh the son who is consecrated forevermore. So the Lord Jesus Christ was made 
high priest after the other Melchizedek is what he's saying, and that is the high priest we need right now for eternity, not the line of error. I pray that the Lord will give you more understanding as you as you listen to the next few verses. God bless you.